I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, a holistic look at the power of music in our everyday lives. Joining me today from LA is Ari Herstand, a musician, actor, and bestselling author of the book, How to Make It in the New Music Business. Ari hosts the New Music Business Podcast, writes a blog, and is founder and CEO of Ari's Take, an online music business education and artist advocacy company. He pretty much does it all, and Forbes calls him the poster child of DIY music. Welcome to Enhanced Life with Music, Ari. Thank you so much, Mindy. NFTs have been all over the news lately, and I'm really intrigued about their potential impact on the world of music and musicians and fans. Mm -hmm. Ari, I'm thrilled to have you with us today to discuss this topic. For listeners who aren't familiar with NFTs, can you do us the honor of explaining (laughs) what NFTs are to start things off? Sure. So NFT stands for non-fungible token. Um, and so the first question that you probably have is, well, what's a fungible token if we're talking about non-fungible tokens? Um, so a fungible token means that there is a defined value. So a dollar is, uh, is that's, that could be considered a fungible token. Um, you know, I give you one dollar, you can give me a dollar back. It's the same. You know, when we're talking in the digital space, um, since we're going to be digging into the crypto space, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you give me one Bitcoin, I give you one Bitcoin. They're the same. You, you uh, that's fungible. There, um, there's no really unique characteristics to the dollar bill that you gave me or the dollar bill that I gave you back. It doesn't really matter. I'll trade you a dollar any day of the week, no problem. Interchangeable. Um, Interchangeable, exactly. Now, non-fungible token, that's, that's different. That means each, uh, each token is unique. Uh, you can't trade me, uh, an NFT, a non-fungible token. You have the only one. It's a, it's a unique item. Um, and the interesting thing about it and the way that this technology works is it can't be copied or replicated or anything like that. Um, so the, you know, it gets a little bit confusing when you really, um, break down what these are because if you, if you spend 20 seconds Googling NFTs, you'll see these really crazy kind of visualizers come up, like little gifts, you know. Um, some of the most famous ones was like that, that nyan cat, that, uh, that cat meme that, that looks like there's a rainbow coming out of its butt. Yeah, That's just I kind of, never you know, you've did seen it. really understand the, the, <laughs> the craze around that, but yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> right. And then you're wondering like, well, how does this, uh, how could that possibly sell for, um, I think it was $600,000 or something like that. It's like, well, I, you could literally just, download it from the internet and now it's on your desktop and like but somebody paid six hundred thousand dollars for that exact same gift that doesn't make any sense and of Uh course you know most famously in the music space since um you know that's my area of expertise there have been tens of millions of dollars uh exchanged so far for music-based NFTs. And of course, the headline was the uh, DJ and producer Blau made $11 million on his, his first NFT drop. And most people are listening to this is like, well, I've never heard of Blau. And that's exactly right, because yeah. you don't have to be a superstar or, or famous musician to make a lot of money on, on NFTs. Now, that being said, there are celebrities who have jumped into the NFT space, like Shawn Mendes, and oddly enough, Sean Mendes, with all of his NFT drops, um, only made a few hundred thousand 
dollars, not only, of course, but at a level when you're talking about a superstar like Sean Mendes, you would expect him to make more than a producer that most people have probably never heard of, like Blau. Um, so now, you know, there are hundreds of musicians uh, that have jumped into the NFT space since the beginning of the year. But just to kind of break down what these are a little bit more, because I know people yeah. who still maybe have not um, explored this, maybe don't really understand um what this is or why people are paying for it. Well, so it's vir- it's basically like virtual original art, just like Bitcoin is virtual mm-hmm. money. Absolutely. Exactly right. And so, so it is a, you have to think of it as a unique digital collectible. It's a collectible. It's just like how people collect, um, you know, trading cards, baseball cards. Those are collectibles. And, and everybody knows, you know, I had a collection of baseball cards back in the day and there's different values. Someone could look at a, a basketball card and be like, but that's just a piece of cardboard. Why would anybody pay money for that? Well, I don't know, but that's just how collectibles I'm work. I'm still asking my husband that like we have this box of baseball cards that we've you know Mm -hmm. moved from house to house i'm like why do we have these and he's like they're worth Mm -hmm. so much money i'm like great let's sell them (laughs) right right let's let's actually get money that we can use for something exactly yeah but it's the same thing it's like you know i have a large vinyl record collection it's like collectibles uh and there's there's value placed on them so if you if you really think about like uh, in the art space, because this is the closest, uh, most adjacent realm of uh, NFTs. Let's talk about physical art. So uh, David Hockney is one of my favorite artists. Um, he's He works in many mediums. He's most famous for his paintings. Uh, one of his paintings, he's still alive today, he's in his 80s. Uh, one of his paintings, his, his most famous uh, pool painting, uh, sold for $80 million last year. And that painting, I have a print of that painting, same size, up on my wall that mm-hmm. I paid $20 for. Sure. Now, I paid $20 for this print of that painting, and somebody paid $80 million for the actual painting. Mm-hmm. It's not really about uh, that, that the painting looks so much better. I mean, my print looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that, it's not about that kind of quality. It's that it's a collectible. It's that it's unique. There's only one painting that David Hockney painted and he put his stamp of approval saying, this is the one, this is it. And that's what this is, is that when you buy an NFT, you're not actually buying the thing. Like it's not like you're going to get handed the painting if you are the digital, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's because anyone can download that to the computer. You're basically getting a unique access token that points to where it's almost your certificate of authenticity. So it's the NFT isn't actually the digital item. The NFT is the certificate of authenticity. And so when you, you say certificate, is there actually yes. a paper certificate? Like you get a title to a car um, or a piece mm-hmm. of property. Right. Um, it's not paper. It's digital. So okay. this this Makes certificate sense. of authenticity, <laughs> right, is and and how this uh, how it's housed, how it's locked up safe, and and so nobody can you can't copy this digital certificate of authenticity. Um, it's hosted on the blockchain, and we're not going to dig into the weeds of blockchain yeah. because that's uh, it's way too complicated. But basically, th- just to understand the blockchain, it is a very complex system that cannot be hacked because uh, thousands and thousands of computers are simultaneously automatically uh, keeping it secure. Uh, And there's multiple different blockchains out there. Um, You know, there's obviously the Bitcoin blockchain. That's where Mm -hmm. Bitcoin is hosted on. And uh, the Ethereum blockchain is where most NFTs are hosted. However, and this is what's so interesting, and we can touch on this now or or in a little bit if you want to, but 
people are actually moving away from the uh, hosting their NFTs on the Ethereum blockchain. And I would say up until about a month ago, 99% of all NFTs were hosted on the Ethereum blockchain. That just became the blockchain that was most popular for NFTs. The problem with the Ethereum blockchain and, and Bitcoin blockchain and most blockchains they're really taxing on the environment. Mm-hmm. One to make one NFT uh, and put it and mint, it's called minting it. Um, to put it on the Ethereum blockchain, uh, that that is the cost of powering a recording studio for about two years. Um, yeah, let's definitely yeah. come back to that because that is a really significant critique of right. NFTs. But first, I want to talk about the potential impact on revenue for musicians because you yes. mentioned some of those jaw-dropping price tags on some of yes. these. I mean, Blau selling NFTs for $11 million. And like you said, I had never heard of him until this happened. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you have Grimes who sold close to $6 million worth in F- NFTs in like 20 yep. minutes. So yep. question is, you know, how how do you see NFTs impacting revenue as a potential revenue stream for musicians? And is this just impacting those musicians who are already big and who are already getting 90% of the streaming income? Or is this something mm-hmm. that's available for some of those independent musicians whose music maybe isn't meant for mass audiences and they're not getting those huge, massive numbers of streams? Right. A great question. Um, so... I am very excited about the future of NFTs for independent musicians specifically. I could care I couldn't care less about the superstars making money off of this is that's a you know a cash grab for a lot of these like Snoop Dogg did you know mm-hmm. a diamond joint NFT uh and you know made made a couple million dollars for selling you know it's it's almost like it's like it's all gimmicky right now. However, for independent musicians, I I see a lot of potential. So let's go back to the example that I used before about uh, David Hockney, uh, uh-huh. the painter, the artist, who uh, his painting sold for $80 million last year. Do you know how much money David Hockney made from that $80 million sale? I don't. He made $0. Now, why did the original artist, who is still alive, make $0 from an $80 million sale of his painting because that's how the art world works. Mm. Once you sell something, the... That wasn't the original sale of that piece of no. artwork. Is that Oh, correct? no. It's it's exactly. It has changed hands many times oh, okay. since he painted it in the 70s. Yeah. Um, so, but but that's the same thing for anything. If somebody, and this happens all the time, someone buys my record at my show and then uh, they sell it on eBay. I don't make any money from that resale on eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the difference is with NFTs, the original artist makes a commission on every resale. So if you buy an NFT from me for $100 and then you resell it for $200 and I say that I get 10% commission on every resale, I'll make $20 when you sell it. So you'll make 180 and I'll make uh I'll make $20 if if my commission is 10%. Now, the original artist can set whatever commission they want um for on most of these uh, NFT platforms. So that's really exciting is that yeah. no matter how many times NFTs change hands, the original artist gets paid. Now that's something that is unique to the digital realm. Obviously, no collectible in the history of the world uh, they're really paying the original owner of that collectible when it gets resold. You sell a baseball card, you sell a painting, you sell a, a Rolex watch, you sell Yeezy shoes, like any of these collectibles, um, you know, once you buy it, now you're the owner and then you can sell it for whatever you want and you keep all the money. 
So that's exciting in the NFT space. Now, here's the thing where we're at right now in, in the music industry is with streaming, the way that streaming pays is that uh, you need millions and millions of streams to make thousands of dollars on streaming revenue. And so the, the challenges right now is that, okay, fans actually do want to support their favorite artists. There just aren't the mechanisms right now as readily and easily available for fans to support their artists. Now, of course, there's concert tickets, but obviously last year that dried up for everybody. There's merch, there's band camp. So there, there are some avenues for fans to pay artists. Now, why I'm excited about NFTs is this is another avenue for, okay, another example. So I just released my album, quick plug, my album, Like Home, out now, check it out. Um, Ari <laughs> Herstand, Like Home. All right, so I just released this album. And, um, you know, if you were to look at the Spotify numbers of my album, you'd be like, oh, wow, not many people really care about it. You know, there's maybe 50,000 streams on this album right now. In the grand scheme of of, uh, of streams, it's like, wow, that's really not that much, which that, that album's not on an official editorial playlist. So that is actually human beings, fans of mine listening to it. But I got the impact that the album had on individuals. You can't measure that from Spotify streams. Uh, I mean, this is a breakup album. And I got messages from people saying that they had just broken up with their partner of 10 years and they're having a really hard time and they just bawled listening to my song over and over again, walking around and, uh-huh. and how it hit them so hard and affected them so much. I would not be able to know that that impact, that the level of impact that my song had on that person uh, was from that Spotify stream. Sure. When I see a Spotify stream, I'm like, okay, was this from this person who just had a spiritual moment with my with my song and is and is bawling because it's affecting them that deeply, or is it from someone who heard the song on a playlist and skipped it after thirty seven seconds? Sure. I have no idea. There's no way to measure impact. Sure. With NFTs, if I put that song up as an NFT, somebody that person that was really affected by it, be like, you know what? I love this so much. I'm affected by this so much. I believe in this artist so much. And I and I want to showcase that I am the only and original owner of the NFT of this song. I'll pay I'll pay a thousand dollars for it. I'll pay ten thousand dollars for it. Whatever. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I can put it up as an auction. And well, and I think that's this, one thing yeah. that's important to note too, is it's not just eleven million dollars, six million dollars, anything in the million dollars, but there are NFTs selling for thousands of dollars. And yes. that can really make a difference for independent artists, especially when they've just lost their income of doing live concerts and touring. Are you seeing much of that happen? Yeah. So so here's the thing. We're at a we're at an interesting place right now in um, the trajectory of NFTs. So to answer your question, am I seeing this happen? Yes. Uh, Verite, who was on recently on my podcast, um, talking about um, NFTs, she did she did a uh, an NFT sale and she made uh, $12,000 on two songs. She's an independent artist. And yes, you know, that didn't make the headlines. But $12,000 $12,000 is $12,000. And for an right. independent artist, that's fantastic. You know, Right. Uh, and when you say $12,000, I know it's very expensive to create NFTs. How much, you know, like, can you give us a ballpark of like what percentage she's netting from something like that? Sure. So 
um, there are many different fees and costs uh, surrounding NFTs. Now, this is a quick caveat. This is changing every day. So, sure. um, I, I uh, you know, Quincy Jones Productions just announced that they have created an NFT marketplace, which mm. is environmentally friendly. Which we can, we're gonna, we'll talk on that a little bit later. Um, but also, they're not charging the artists any fees to put up an nft so if you were to do and this is why this this space is evolving so quickly right so as of uh, last week or if you if you try if you want to put up an nft right now open c nft marketplace on the ethereum blockchain it's going to cost you a few hundred dollars to just get it up there and and just make it make it publicly available there's a lot of fees that go around with it it's kind of the wild west right now in, sure. in how this is all working but well, uh, you were the, talking about the different value of fans too, and the response that they're gonna that you're gonna get from them, and how they're connecting with you. Whether it's because they're directly going to your music, or they're just happening to encounter it in a Spotify playlist, and that really makes a huge difference to the fans that you have on mm-hmm. whether or not NFTs could be a viable revenue stream for musicians too. I mean, mm-hmm. if they have fans who have money and are into the crypto world, this could be huge for them. And mm-hmm. I imagine there are also fans who aren't into that world. I'm raising my hand. I'm not into that. Oh, well, and and so I, I could be yeah. an extreme fan. And I guess since I'm so interested in this topic, I could investigate it more. But I mean, how do you get a read on how many of your fans are into crypto? And if this might be mm-hmm. a viable option to pursue if you're an artist? Exactly. And, and you make a great point. And that's where we're at right now. Um, in the trajectory of NFTs, most fans, I would say most human beings, 99% of the public out there has no idea what NFTs are. So it's hard enough to convince uh, people to buy a concert ticket and everybody knows what a concert ticket is. It's hard enough to get them to buy a t-shirt or to listen to your song on Spotify let alone spend a lot of money in something that they can't even comprehend or, you know, and they're going to have to listen to this podcast for an hour for them to actually grasp what an NFT is, let alone we're not even giving you the step-by-step of how to even buy an NFT. Like, (laughs) we haven't even gotten into that. It's just like, you know. Is that why NFTs are often being paired with something that's a little more traditional, like lifetime front row concert seats or something like that? Right. Yes. The Kings of Leon, um, when they released their album as an NFT, they paired some of their NFTs with lifetime concert tickets. We are seeing that right now. Um, Verite also paired uh, her album with some physical goodies and stuff that you can redeem in, in the in the physical world. Um, but that's just a way uh, for fans to kind of grasp this and actually put in the work to try to understand sure. and and get the nft so yeah that um, makes sense we're not at the point where there is mass consumption of nfts right now right now everyone who's buying nfts are for the most part speculators of the nft sure. market sure. um and who, these are crypto heads and so like the reason that blau did 11 million dollars is because like a lot of a lot of electronic artists their fans sure. are are technologically savvy yeah, that makes sense. they are <laughs> Right. And so they are kind of ahead of the curve. And so that's why Sean Mendez NFT did not do very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, his fans 
don't really know what NFTs are and they're not going to spend the hours and hours and lots of money to uh-huh. figure it out. Sure. Um, but, but it you know, is Blau cool that up. this is mm-hmm. an outlet for extreme fans to express their support and they're getting this collectible at the same time that potentially could really increase in value, which is, is cool. It's it's kind of yes. part of an identity thing for the fan. It's it has There's a story behind mm-hmm. it that they can tell. It's a status symbol. Thank you to our sponsor, Sheet Music Direct. Sheet Music Direct is the world's premier destination for digital sheet music. It's powered by sheet music publisher, Hale Leonard. I have used Sheet Music Direct for probably 10 years, and it has saved me countless hours of driving to music stores and sifting through bins of sheet music and books to find the right song and hoping the perfect song isn't out of stock. Sheet Music Direct's library has more than 1 million sheet music arrangements that you can view and listen to right from your device for convenient online shopping and immediate downloads of educational, classical, and pop scores that represent just about any genre and holiday. Prices start at 99 cents, and you can both print your purchases instantly and access them on any device, which has really come in handy for our family when we're out of state visiting grandma and grandpa, and they want to hear my kids play the piano. Access the latest hits and yesterday's classics at sheetmusicdirect.com. In terms of showing off the status symbol, how do you show this off? Like, say you paid, you know, $10,000 or $3 million for an NFT. How do you show this off and talk about it with other fans of this artist? Mm -hmm. If if I buy a Monet painting or Picasso, Mm -hmm. I can hang it on my wall and talk about it with people in my home. How do you show off an NFT? So you can show it off. I mean, we're seeing uh, people put them in their Instagram profile bios, uh, their their Twitter avatars um, showing off. And if people who are in the know, they know. It's like, oh, that's you. You know, if you're a fan and you've been following this artist's announcement, of it and i could put it in my instagram uh profile pic and and you know how do i know that's original just seeing a a picture in your profile though like with the cat with a rainbow on it you know i could grab that gif and say that i bought the nft and put it on my instagram how would anyone know the difference well, how would anybody know the difference that you have an original Monet or you have a knockoff? It's it's the same kind of thing. It's like you could hang a, a, a knockoff Monet on your wall and it's it's a conversation piece. It's like, but are you going to tell people like it's not as cool if you tell people that this is a knockoff Monet versus this is an original Monet. It's the same thing It's like someone would see that and be like, oh, my gosh, do you have the NFT and I could lie and I could be like, yeah, I totally do. I'm so cool. Just like you could lie and say, yeah, this is an original Monet. I paid $10 million for this. Actually, probably $100 million or whatever. Although but, you even know. someone like me could tell the difference between the Hackney print and an Correct. original. Now, a good fake? No, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. But a print, Correct. you know, I mean, that's... So it's it's all about the conversation piece. And it, and it's about the conversation starter. So, um, it's, so how do you show off NFTs? Uh, one of your questions. And that's the thing. It's just like... Like, it is hard to grasp to say, well, how do you know that that's the original? Can't you just download it? It's like, yes, anybody could download it. But would someone proudly display that as their profile picture or proudly display it if they're not the rightful owner of that NFT? Maybe, but then it's almost just like you're in the club. So if you are if you own one of a hundred 
and there's only a hundred of these made, those hundred fans could find each other mm. and maybe they will be invited to uh, the uh, after parties or the backstage hangs of the concerts. And maybe these hundred people, they're all in this special club together. And so maybe they all put up that icon on their profile. And then you say, Oh, are you in the, you're in the club too? Oh. You, you're, you're one of the owners. Yeah, I am cool. Well, I'll see you next week backstage. Awesome. Yeah. And if you're not the owner, then I won't see you backstage next sure. week because obviously, you know, you won't be able to get in. Yeah. And so then, then that's going to be embarrassing. Um, but well, also I think about pe- something like sports cards, people aren't displaying those. So I guess, you know, it exactly. kind of depends on if you're into the status symbol of uh, Rolls Royce or some, you know, Ferrari where everyone's seeing it, or if exactly. you're more into the the sports card type of a collectible. Well, one thing that's really cool too is I, I think is the connection between the artist and fan that can come about with these NFTs. I mean, if somebody's spending $10,000 or $2 million on your NFT, you're going to connect mm-hmm. with them. Yes. Yes. And and just to, uh, I mean, yes, the artist will connect with their fans. Absolutely. And this is a, a deeper engagement tool. In terms of the display, just to, just to wrap that up yeah. too, I want to touch on a couple other things where, where people, we are seeing them display it. In video games, so in like Fortnite, for instance, and in a lot of these video games, they're creating, uh, you could wear a t-shirt that is almost like the NFT in t-shirt form on your digital avatar in the uh, video game. And so when you're walking around and other gamers will see, oh my gosh, you got, you're, you're the one of, one of hundred of um, the ones who got Blau's NFT. Cool. Me too. You know, people are also eventually going to have digital picture frames in their homes where you would normally hang a painting or a print or whatever. That's going to be your NFT display case. And so every NFT that you have, it'll kind of go on a loop. And so most NFTs are visual in some capacity. And so there'll be little visualizers, little videos, whatever. And you're going to curate your NFT collection at home. And so when somebody comes over, that's your talking piece. And it's almost kind of like how when you have a party now, uh, you might put up like a YouTube playlist on your tv of music videos and just have the music videos going uh for the for the party you could display your nfts uh, in that digital picture frame or on your tv or something like that and then it's a talking piece just like your monet uh would be a talking piece as well sure well one thing that's really cool too i haven't heard a lot of people talk about this but this really does incentivize the buyer to help promote the artist that they bought yes. the NFT from because yes. the more popular that artist is, the higher in value their NFT is going to go. 100%. And that's a huge point that you just hit on. And, and that is that is honestly why this is potentially the most exciting part of this for independent musicians is that people are actually more or less investing in the artist when they buy an NFT from the artist because like you said... As the artist gets more popular, those NFTs rise in value. Now, here's something else that Verite did, and actually we're starting to see some other artists do, independent artists, because they have the the freedom uh, to do this, is along with the NFT, they're actually uh, not just including concert tickets, not just including uh, a physical uh, sign lyric sheet that they'll mail them. They're actually giving them part ownership of their master. So, in terms of royalties? In terms of royalties, exactly. Oh. So, like what Verite did, almost like you would go, um, I, I think of Shark Tank in this, in this, um, 
example, but she was like, okay, the value of this song, I am placing the value of this song at a million dollars. So if somebody wants to pay a million dollars for this NFT, I will give them 100% of ownership of this masterpiece. She's like, you know, I would sell this song for a million dollars and be very happy that somebody else now has the rights to the master. Okay. Uh, somebody ended up buying it for, you know, $100,000 or something like that. So that's going to be, they're going to get 10% ownership of the master. So whatever. Oh, so it's prorated then. Exactly, exactly. Just like, uh, you know, on Shark Tank, when they say, okay, I'm going to give up 10% Uh, of my company for $100,000. And they say, oh, so your company is valued at a million dollars. I understand. Okay. Well, so, you know, you know, talk about the valuation, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, um, so, so yes, artists are actually giving up ownership of their masters and basically essentially selling ownership of their masters. Now, there are other royalty marketplaces where, where you can do this just without, you know, having to mess around with crypto and, and NFTs and all that. But this is just another incentive in a way for artists to tie investment opportunities and, and get fans excited to invest in that artist. But even if royalties aren't included here, because most people aren't tying royalties or master ownership to their NFTs, it still incentivizes the fan because uh, if the artist, you know, they pay $1,000 uh, for this NFT and the artist blows up, they could go to the marketplace and, uh-huh. and resell it for $10,000. And now they made nine grand. And that's that's great for, for the fan and the original artist. Because remember, the original artist makes a commission on every sale. Uh-huh. Apart from the monetization component, which is huge, I could see a lot of creatives and artists really just getting into the fact that this is a new artistic medium to explore. And okay, here we're combining visual arts and music and these NFTs. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Creatives love that kind of stuff. Are you seeing how, how much of the NFT popularity do you think is just driven by that? Like, hey, this is a new canvas to work with, and we're excited mm-hmm. by exploring that. Absolutely. I mean, uh, there are some highly curated NFT marketplaces like uh, Nifty Gateway is probably the most popular at this point. And if you go to niftygateway.com, every NFT that's sold on there is curated by the people who run Nifty Gateway. And so there are fans of crypto and NFTs that just go to Nifty Gateway and they will buy a, a an NFT just because they like the art. And so this is also a way, even if you don't necessarily have a bunch of fans, where we're seeing artists maybe team up with someone who has a, a maybe a bigger fan base or something like that. And they collaborate because, yes, it is kind of a cool new medium to explore. And if you go to Nifty Gateway, um, or any of these NFT uh, platforms, you'll see that the art that is being created, these, this medium, this art looks very different. Typically, it's pretty trippy. It's far left of center. There, there's kind of an aesthetic right now for the NFT space. Now, this will definitely evolve. This will definitely sure. shift. But what we're seeing right now, the artists who are designing NFTs, yeah, they're having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, well, and even now, but for sure, as this continues to evolve, I could see it being fun to just go to Nifty Gateway and look around almost like you're window shopping or at a museum and just be inspired mm-hmm. by the creativity that you're seeing around you. Exactly, exactly. And just like you go and explore an art gallery or you're even just a, a, a small little local gallery, that's kind of what a lot of these NFT marketplaces uh, are becoming too. And some people will buy NFTs, maybe not for a million dollars, but you know, maybe for a few hundred dollars or thousands of dollars, just because they like it. And 
it's that talking point. It's, it's mm-hmm. that pride. It's like, you know, do you know the difference between a $50,000 Rolex and a $2,000 Rolex? I sure don't. But, uh, the people who are in the know, right. <laughs> know, and I'm sure the owner of the $50,000 Rolex, uh, will be quick to point that out whenever right. the opportunity arises. Yeah. Well, like any art, this is just another medium for artists to create art, which is a way for them to tell their story as an artist, as a musician. And mm-hmm. it's another way for the fans to connect with them and for that collectible or that art piece to become a part of the fans' story and kind of feed into their identity, too. So it's really cool. Yes. What's your perspective on the staying power of NFTs? Do you think they're here to stay? Any predictions or thoughts about the future of what they might look like? Yeah, I think they are here to stay. I don't think that they're going to have the critical mass for at least a couple years. Uh, I think we're marching in that direction. Crypto has has gone through many different iterations and, and has risen and fallen and bubbles have burst and all of that stuff. Uh, but cryptocurrency is also here and, and, and here to stay. And I, I think NFTs are going to evolve and they're going to shift. But I think digital collectibles, which essentially are what NFTs are, are here to stay. And so I don't think anybody knows what they are going to look like in two years from now. But I think in two years from now, here's the difference. Right now, most NFT marketplaces, you the fan has to buy it with a cryptocurrency. Now, most average consumers don't have any crypto. Mm-hmm. What NFT marketplaces are evolving to be is you won't need to buy it through crypto. You can buy it with a credit card. And so once we get to that point, which which some of the marketplaces are, Nifty Gateway does that, uh, Quincy Jones' new platform does that. So a, a lot of them, you're able to use your credit card. That's going to happen. And so once we get to that point where essentially fans know they're buying an NFT, but it's as, it's as easy as buying something off of Amazon – then we'll reach that critical mass and then every artist will buy in, which will get the fans to buy in. And it'll be uh, as easy as buying a T-shirt from an artist. Uh, you're going to buy an NFT. Mm-hmm. Is there any other exploration that's going on in terms of other applications of the blockchain technology that could help independent musicians make a living from their work? This has been in the music space, uh, the conversation for years. The hope, and it's not here yet, but where people are, are hoping to move to is the blockchain technology can solve the metadata issue. Now, the metadata issue is that it is there's no central database anywhere that keeps track of all the credits on any song. It's a completely broken system we're at right now. I mean, like metadata, royalty tracking, rights ownership, licenses. The whole system is so complicated. It's extremely difficult to track down. Not to mention, like, songwriters is one thing. What about the drummer who played on the record? What about the mixing engineer? What about the producer? What about, you know, all these people? The blockchain could theoretically solve that. So (laughs) every song could be tied to the blockchain, traceable. And the thing is with the blockchain is that everything is public, mm-hmm. everything is completely transparent, and it can't be changed or hacked. Mm-hmm. So you could put this song up, and there would be a requirement to have all the fields filled out, and it would have to be verified. 
and then it would be on the system and there would be that would be the central database and wow. so it would be everybody would look to the blockchain instead of looking to the spotify credits or looking toward to allmusic.com or looking to distrokid or looking to ascap or looking to the mlc or you know there's so many or copyright office like there's so many different areas that are trying that have like bits and pieces of some of this data but nobody really has 100% of the data right now. Sure. People are hoping that the blockchain could theoretically solve that in the future. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Well, there are so many rabbit trails that we could get off into the weeds on this topic. This is incredible and this has been really fascinating. I know we didn't really get time to go circle back to that topic of the environmental impact of NFTs. But for listeners who are interested in that, Ari has a really recent podcast episode with Joe Conyers. It's Mm -hmm. fantastic. So I'll include a link in the show notes to that. And also lots of links to all of Ari's many other irons that he has in the fire. He has a blog, a book, the, the school Ari's take, and of course your music. Uh, Mm -hmm. which is what you are first and foremost as a musician. So Mm -hmm. I'll include lots of links in that. Definitely check it out. I ask all my guests to close out our conversation with a musical ending, a coda, by sharing a song or story about a moment that music enhanced your life. Tell us about the song from your music video that we're going to be able to listen to here. Yeah, so this song is called Like Home. It is the title track of my new album. And this whole album is... uh, I I wrote... Directly following uh, my my breakup of from an eleven year relationship, and this uh, I basically the following year I uh, just wrote and wrote and wrote, kind of exploring what I was going through as uh, you know the first time in eleven years where um, I was on my own, and you know I released this in in early April, and. It, this song and the whole album kind of explores the, the the idea of what home means, and I think in a in a time and in a year when a lot of us were stuck at home and had to uh, really uh, re-explore and 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 uh, reimagine and. and really uh, come to terms with what the concept of home actually means for us and is it a place is it a is it a, a community is it a family is it a city is it a location what does home mean I was doing a lot of that exploration uh, myself just personally not even directly because of the pandemic but alongside of that that is the backdrop as well but this song like home specifically is um, is about my exploration of what home means to me being a newly single person. I feel like I'm cheating on you When I kiss another woman She tastes different than you did Just trying to move on She feels like home But you feel like home I keep a clean and tidy home Like we used to do You taught me how to live alone It's almost like you knew It feels like home 
But you feel like home It feels like home But you feel like home The dreams I've reached had stepping stones Which you helped to build You never found a path of your own Someday I hope you will It feels like home a little bit of the YouTube audio from Ari's new release, Like Home. There is a link in the show notes to the video so you can listen to and watch the entire video. Thank you so much to Ari for sharing with us today about this new frontier of digital collectibles and what it means for music lovers. Thanks also to Ari for all he does to enhance lives with music. He does a ton to advocate for artists and has lots of educational resources available. All links are in the show notes. If you're interested in learning more about the current metadata and music publishing system Ari was talking about, you can listen to episodes 56 and 80 for more information. Another related episode is number 46, How Do Songs End Up on Spotify Playlists Anyway? (laughs) All the links and a transcription of this episode are at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast slash episode 97. There is a link to that page right in the episode details in your podcast app, as well as links to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also view sponsorship information on the website at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast slash sponsor. This show is a passion project, and our sponsors help offset production costs and collaborate with us in making the world a better place through the power of music. There are several ways for you or your business to partner with us in this mission, from buy me a coffee to ads, Patreon, and other collaborations. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next week, may your life be enhanced with music.